Now, after the wise men had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I have called my son. Now when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated. And he sent and he killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, according to the time he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing in loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, she refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who are seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled, that he will be called a Nazarene. Hidden within the verses of this morning's gospel reading, weaved among the words, lurking among the lines, there is a song. A song that captures the mood of the story these verses tell. A song that speaks to the depth of their desperation and fear. Claire. That was awesome. Aren't you also glad you were the ones here this morning now? That's right. It's a song that plays as Darth Vader walked across the screen, crushing the rebels and bringing despair. The same song that played as the dark side advanced, snuffing out any chance of hope. When we hear that music, we know that something bad is happening, that evil is on the move. Three years after the original Star Wars came out, the sequel was released. It was called The Empire Strikes Back. And while the first film was all about hope, the second was not. For most of the movie, Princess Leia, Han Solo, Chewbacca are constantly on the run, just trying to survive 
desperate to find a safe place to hide. By the end, they've been betrayed. The rebel base is destroyed. Han Solo is frozen in carbonite. Luke Skywalker is missing a hand and, no big deal, discovers that Darth Vader is also his father. And I'm sorry if that's news to you, my friends. You've had 43 years. Part of what made the movie so brilliant was that at every turn, as the heroes struggle to survive, as defeat after defeat piles up, we hear the music. Evil is on the move. In this morning's gospel reading, evil is on the move. For centuries, God had promised that a Messiah would come to set the people free. Whispers began to spread. After so many years of waiting, it was finally happening. The promised one was set to arrive. There was new hope. See what I did there, Pastor Sarah? Thank you. All right. And eventually those whispers reached the ears of a man known as Herod the Great, a king. He was a powerful, ruthless, cruel man, full of violence and paranoid. He did whatever it took to protect his position, murdering anyone who opposed him or might be a threat, even members of his own family. So when a few men appeared from the east, asking about the star that proclaimed the birth of a new king, Herod was worried. And not just worried, he was angry and scared. And he responded in the way that tyrants always respond when people feel hope and the possibility of change. And that was with violence. This morning we heard how the empire struck back. Herod ordered his troops into Bethlehem to destroy this new hope. His actions were too heinous and evil to imagine. And while Mary, Joseph, and Jesus escaped, they were now on the run, just trying to survive, desperate to find a safe place to hide. I know that it seems strange to hear these verses right after Christmas. After all, just a few days ago, our readings were full of angels rejoicing and and shepherds praising and, and all the joy of Jesus being born. But these verses remind us that the birth of Jesus didn't feel like good news to everyone. Not everyone saw it as a cause for celebration. We often turn the Christmas story into something very cute and sentimental, and that's fine. But Jesus coming to this world was also a clear sign that God wasn't messing around. That the sin which ensnared people, the death that held humanity captive, the evil that flourishes on this earth and causes people to suffer would not stand. 
because God was going to do something about it. This wasn't just the sweet story of a baby being born. It is the story of two kingdoms colliding, the story of an invasion, the kingdom of this world colliding with and being invaded by the kingdom of God. The birth of Jesus wasn't just full of new hope. It was also a threat to everyone who wields power in ways that holds others down. A danger to anyone who benefits from injustice. A direct challenge to the powers of sin and evil and death. So, of course, the empire struck back. These verses are an important part of the Christmas story because they show us that from the very first moment Jesus was born, he faced resistance and opposition from worldly forces who rightly felt threatened by him. They show us that the powers of sin and evil and death do not intend to go down quietly and without a fight, that they do not intend to so easily and painlessly relinquish their grip on humanity and creation. And so we should not be surprised when efforts to bring the kingdom of God more fully to this earth are met with opposition, especially from those who benefit from the way things are right now. We should not be surprised when radical mercy and forgiveness and grace and love and justice are met with fierce resistance should not be surprised to discover that the forces of sin and evil and death in this world and in our lives and in ourselves are persistent and tenacious. Yes, this world has changed since the night when Jesus, Mary, and Joseph fled from Herod, but in many ways, the world is still the same. We've seen for Ourselves, how far insecure leaders will go to hold on to their own power, the dishonest acts and violent rhetoric they will embrace to protect their position. This past year, we witnessed the increasingly violent and evil and paranoid acts of a tyrant who is using fear, who's willing to harm anyone who gets in his way, including Ukrainian children to increase his own power and might. We've been reminded that when the powerful rage, it is usually the poor and the lowly and the innocent who suffer. And so today there are still too many families who are fleeing from violence and seeking safety. And it matters that our Lord began his life as a political refugee who was welcomed in a foreign land. Today, there are still many places where injustice thrives, where profit is placed before people and power for self is valued above the protection of others and people are dehumanized out of fear and greed. And here's what I think. I think it's really easy to point fingers at other people and assign all sorts of blame for that stuff. It's easy to point at systems that feel too big for us to change to point our fingers at leaders and politicians, especially the ones we don't like and who belong to that other party. 
But this morning's reading challenges us to go deeper, to look within and examine ourselves. Because what Herod did was awful, but he was able to do it because there were plenty of people who benefited from him being in power, who rode his coattails, who supported him, and so were willing to look the other way when he committed evil and wrong. And this makes me wonder what we are willing to tolerate and excuse and even justify in order to maintain our own power and wealth and place in this world. And I don't mean from our leaders. I mean in our own lives. I mean, what do we justify as necessary? What do we excuse as the way things are? What do we tolerate because that's how the world works? And because to do otherwise would demand something from us, demand that we rethink our lives and our role in society, what we're perpetuating, and then change. Why do we accept so much of the brokenness of this world as normal? Where have we become part of the empire? Whether through our own actions or just as importantly, through our inaction. The story of Jesus coming into our world includes times of great sorrow and sadness and challenge. Every story has a struggle, a time of conflict and tension when it seems like the forces of evil had won and things look bleak for the good guys. Gandalf, I'm I'm really nerding out this morning, Gandalf fell into the mines of Moria. Spock died inside the reactor. Dumbledore fell from the lightning-struck tower. Aslan laid on the stone table. But thankfully, those stories don't end there. The Empire Strikes Back was not the end of the story, and I'm not talking about the junk they've made in recent years. In fact, death and evil are never the end, at least not in God's story. Sure, these verses show us that from the moment he was born, Jesus faced opposition and resistance. But even more importantly, they show us that God didn't give up in the face of that resistance. Brokenness and pain speak loudly in our world, but they do not get to speak last. Jesus escaped Herod's grasp. Evil and death had their day, but Jesus was undeterred in his mission to save humanity and free us from the bondage of sin. And he accomplished that mission in a way that Herod and the powers of this world could never understand. And that was by giving away his power, surrendering it willingly for the sake of others on the cross. Through his death and his resurrection, life and goodness flowed into this world. And yes, in our day, even now, there are times when the empire strikes back, when the powers of death and evil still flail about, but they are the death throes of a kingdom that is perishing. For Jesus has won, and God's final victory is assured. We could even make a movie about it. Call it something like Return of the Jedi. I mean, Return of the Jesus. (laughs) Until that day, 
remember that there is always hope. Even amidst the darkest chapters of this story, God kept hope alive. The movement towards salvation and freedom always involves struggle, but God is still at work. As the Gospel of John says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Or, if you'd rather quote Yoda, when Luke asked him, is the dark side stronger? He simply said, no. 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 Thanks be to God. Amen.